first, let me tell you about everybody's favorite protein bar company, Built Bar, the official sponsor of the Olympic USA track and field team. If you haven't had a Built Bar yet, you are missing out. And that's because Built Bar knows the flavor has to come first. Uh, you know, they have limited time flavors. I don't know why. They have nine really, really yummy flavors. And then they'll they'll do these limited edition flavors. You're like, why, why, why would you deprive me? Why would you show me you can make this and then not make it for me all the time? Raspberry, uh, coconut, almond, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. I mean, it's really, really good. Built Bars, best tasting protein bar out there, healthy as well. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. You can't beat that. It's Built.com. Use the promo code BEC15 and save 15% at Built.com. Excited to talk to a dear friend of mine, Art Laffer, uh, about the economy. He is, he knows what's going on and he also knows how to fix it. I like him because he's not gloom and doom. He makes me feel better. You know, I'm like, we're all dead by Thursday, Art. And he's like, we have till Saturday. What are you talking about? Uh, he is the uh, father of supply side economics. He was President Reagan's economic policy. Uh, advisory board for both terms he advised prime minister margaret thatcher during the uh, 80s uh he has taken i think it's argentina and completely turned it around he and a team went down there when they were having hyperinflation and completely turned it around and he was awarded the presidential medal of freedom yeah got that from donald trump but look what i have i have a box of hostess twinkie cereal Mm. and that's good for a whole week where you're wearing your medal after you leave the oval office huh art these last a week baby (laughs) art laffer joins us in 60 seconds can't eat the medal can't eat the medal well you can but heavy metal's bad for you mike lindell started his company with a dream the rest of us have been having pretty good dreams ever since. Uh, that's because I sleep on my pillow products. I sleep with the uh, sheets. What are you? What are you doing? No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Uh, you, you'll have. I sleep on the sheets. I'm sorry. I get. I'm getting yelled at in my ear, and she's flashing <laughs> things at me. You're not the boss of me, Sarah. We should be more clear what she's You're, flashing. She's, the screen is she's, flashing. No. Let's be honest. Okay, clear. you go ahead and play that. Please call HR. <laughs> she's been flat. Anyway, <laughs> I've been telling you for years now about a great product uh, that is my pillow. One fluff, my pillow hits the, my head, hits the my pillow, and it is lights out. 
uh, I can sleep really, really well because of the sheets and everything else that you can get right now from MyPillow.com. Giza Dream Sheets. If you order them right now, you can get two for one at a low price. The sheets are made from Giza cotton, the best in the world, durable. They get softer the longer you use them. I love mine. You're going to love yours as well. It's MyPillow.com. Click on the new radio listener specials. Check out the two-for-one low-price offer on the Giza Dream Sheets. You'll find deep discounts on other MyPillow products as well. Enter the promo code BECK or call 800-966-3117. 800-966-3117. Great radio specials. It's MyPillow.com. Okay. Button up your shirt, Sarah, and let's continue. Please act professional. My gosh. It's a Hall of Fame show, and Art Laffer is with us now. I'm sure he's excited about that. (laughs) Art, how are you, my friend? I am very well, Glenn. It's so nice hearing your voice. I mean, it's a ray of sunshine, and you're as funny as ever. I love it, love it, love it. Thank you. My goodness gracious. By the way, we'll make it not only through Saturday. We'll probably make it a week from Wednesday. Shut up. Really? See? You're always the optimist. I am, you know me, Art. I've been, uh, you know, worried about this economy. And you have told me for years, Glenn, it's more robust than you think. And it has shocked me, Art, how how resilient this economy uh, has been over the last 20 years. We have taken every punch the world can throw at us and politicians, and it's still standing. It's getting a little wobbly, but it's still standing. Yeah, I mean, the uh, the pandemic really did hit the economy, uh, and the politicians' reaction to that pandemic made it a lot, lot worse. So, uh, uh, you know, but we are still standing, and we are showing some resiliency right now. Okay, so talk to me about a couple of things. First of all, you don't think that inflation is going to be a problem, but you carve out certain things like, you know, beef or or uh I can't remember what they are. Um, you carved out a couple of things and said, we're going to have a problem. We're going to have a problem with inflation, housing prices and wages. Tell yeah, me. housing prices and wages, you know, they, they, they don't fall back down after they go up. Uh, so once they go up, they, they, they don't fall back. Now, gasoline prices, as you know, go up and they go down and agricultural prices do as well. Uh, you know, as far as I can tell, Glenn, and, and this is just me and it's it's worth it's worth what you're paying for, which is very little. Uh, <laughs> I'm not paying anything, so wow. I know Neither not, is the listener. This is great. Don't listen to this it. guy. He's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> He'll do anything for free. I do do th- some things for free. I mean, it's really <laughs> worth it, by the way. You know, when something's free, it's really expensive. Yeah. Okay. It is. Now, the quickie here is just the way I look at inflation. And now this is inflation, not a step up in prices at one time shot or something like that. Is If interest rates uh, go way, way up, that's a clear sign that the markets are expecting more inflation. Interest rates have not gone way, way up. In fact, they haven't gone up at all. Uh, There's no sign in interest rates uh, over the next 10 years uh, that there's going to be any inflation. The price of gold, normally when inflation comes, gold is the first refuge of the cautious. You would expect gold prices to shoot way up in inflation like they did in the 1970s. They have not gone way up. In fact, the 
they've settled back around $1,800 an ounce, something like that. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's not a sign of it. And the other thing, and the last one I, I look at is the dollar in the foreign exchanges. And when a currency is really weak or devalues, uh, generally speaking, that's followed by very high inflation. Uh, we have not devalued. In fact, the dollar is relatively strong right now. So those are the things I look at. Now, all my friends tell me that their companies, uh, that raw material prices are way up and this, that, and the other. And there's no question that there's been a huge surge in things like lumber prices and others. But I don't see a long-run rate of inflation yet. But that doesn't mean that I'm not watching it really so carefully. So how can we print as much money as we have and dump it into the system? Let me just say that we aren't printing the money. What the Fed has done is it's bought $5 trillion worth of government debt, which yields about 50 basis points. In exchange for that $5 trillion worth of government debt, which it bought, it has issued $5 trillion of liabilities to member banks, also paying 50, per 50, uh, 50 basis points uh, per year interest on that. So they've borrowed $5 trillion yielding 50 basis points, and they've lent $5 trillion, uh, paying 50 basis points. To me, I don't see how that causes inflation. Now, what we have done is we've removed all constraints on inflation once it starts, if it starts. But that by itself won't cause inflation. This is not the old days, Glenn, when we devalued the dollar against other currencies or went off the gold standard or all of that when we had the huge hyperinflations. This is a very different monetary system today. And I'm very worried about inflation, but I don't see it yet. Okay, so tell me about the new modern monetary theory that is being kicked around uh, that, you know, we can just print because it's always a value. Yeah, well, let, let me say that there's a little hint of truth in what they say, uh, and there's a big mistake in what they say as well. Now, we have historically way overestimated the damage done by deficits and national debt. Uh, you know, we've always looked at national debt relative to GDP, which is totally inappropriate. Our, our national debt to GDP today is about 115%. It's gone way up, and oh my God, they're all jumping across. What you have to do with debt is you have to look at debt compared to wealth, or you have to look at debt service compared to GDP, but you should never compare debt to GDP or, or any of these others. You should never mix a balance sheet item with an income statement item. If you look at our debt service to GDP, we're about the same level we were in 1980. I mean, in fact, we're a little below that. If you look at debt to wealth, it's gone up. Uh, but not so much so that you want to jump out the window and kill yourself. So we have overstated debt. Now, to say that we've overstated means that we don't have any worry about debt. That's silly. Debt is a problem. It's just not nearly the size of the problem we thought it was back, let's say, 20, 30 years ago. Okay, so wait a minute. You have to tell me what's changed. And then also, by the way, how much time do you have with us? I have uh, for you, you name it. Okay. So if um, what has changed then? Let's just start there. What's changed from 20, 30 years ago? Well, we were comparing debt to GDP. And, you know, when you look at debt to GDP, debt is a balance sheet item and GDP is an income statement item. And you can't do that. You've got to compare balance sheet items with balance sheet items or income statement items with income statement items, but not mix the two. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Just talk to me like a homeowner. Okay. Uh, if I buy, if I if I have an income of a hundred thousand dollars, and <clears throat> I've bought a four million dollar house, um, 
you know, um, you could say, don't compare the two, but I only have a hundred thousand to pay for it. And let's say I got it at a zero percent or a two percent interest rate. If at some point, if I have an adjustable mortgage, which we do, there's no way in hell I'll ever be able to afford that ever just because of interest rates. Let me, if I can, take your example and make it a little simpler, if I could. All right, good. Uh, if you're buying a house, what, what, is the, what does the bank ask you on, when you apply for the loan? Uh, how, much is the wor- how much is the house worth in the market, and what is the size of your mortgage? That's a debt-to-asset comparison. I won't lend any more than 75% of the market value of your house to you in a mortgage. That's one criterion they use. The second criterion they use is, can you afford this with your income? What is your income versus the debt service requirements you have to get for this house? If you're making $50,000 a year and your debt service is $49,000, you are probably in trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, if your income is $100,000 your debt service is $5,000, you are probably okay. Uh, so, you know, they look at how but much your but house our, is worth in your mortgage and how much your income is versus how much you'll have to pay but, in debt service. But the federal government's income is already this year is going to be three trillion dollars in the hole we are our our income is not matching uh what we're spending but the three trillion is is the deficit and it's also the level of debt now when you look at the debt just the debt to this year let's say we increase our debt by five trillion dollars uh and we're paying half a percent on that debt that's you know what is that that's 50 50 billion 60 billion a year I mean, you know, it, it, it's not the interest payments that are killing our government. No, but, but, it, but if, if interest rates do go up to 8%, it'd be crippling. Then, then we're in trouble. But that's true of any time. When interest rates are low, don't you borrow more than you do when interest rates are high? Sure. Except I don't know how to pay the... Doing. I don't know how to... I mean, when the interest rate... If I have an adjustable mortgage, I do keep it in mind that... This is an unbelievably low rate that can't last forever. Well, Can I pay for it for when it comes up? a long, long time. I mean, you go back to 2008 when Benny Bernanke was head of the Fed, and, you know, they lowered interest rates to near zero. And it's been at zero now since 2008, Glenn. I mean, you know, for 13 straight years, we've had interest rates way below where they should be long term. Now, this is not the only time it's ever happened, and I'm not saying it's smart to borrow, and I don't think it's smart for the U.S. to run deficits like we do. I don't. But I'm also not ready to jump off the cliff. Uh, We've had periods like from 1941 to 1950, 1960, I think, 1955, something. We had the accord where interest rates were effectively zero as well. Uh, you know, we've had this type of period before. Okay. Now, it so, scares me, and it scares me a lot, but it's not the death shot yet. Okay. So let me talk about some other things. Let me take a one-minute break and then come back. We're talking to Art Laffer. Uh, Art Laffer, who is uh, probably the smartest guy, uh, he and his team, to fix economies uh, out there. He's, of course, going to be August 2nd through the 7th at Yuck Yucks. Uh, <laughs> it's not how that works. And uh, and then uh, sold out shows uh, September through September 5th at Milk Through Your Nose in Provo, Utah. Uh, we'll be back with Art here in just a second. All right. Now, so let me tell you a little bit about Goldline. 
uh, opportunity comes along that is so good you can't ignore it, and this is one of those things. Goldline has come into possession of a very rare lot of one of the most historic coins in U.S. history, the $5 gold Indian head. Extremely similar to the $5 Liberty coins that I have, uh, but it's about 10 times rarer than the gold Liberty coins. Great. Now I'm thinking, why didn't I wait for the Anyway, it, it's highly sought after. You've heard me sing the praises of uh, gold lines uh, for, for a year now, for years now. This week only, they're doing something they don't uh, really ever do. Goldline is offering a pre-launch special before they offer these products to the general public. Each tube of Indian head coins purchased, you're going to receive a brand new 2021 Type 2 Silver Eagle and a copy of the Crisis Preparedness Handbook, all at no additional cost. The offer is only available this week while the inventory lasts. Call Goldline today. They're standing by to talk with you at 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. Ten seconds and then back to Art Laffer. We're with uh, Art Laffer. Um, Art, tell me about what's happened. There's some fundamental things that are changing in America. And I know that there have been brains a lot smarter than mine that have wondered what happens when we transition to a, a country where property is something that you rent, not something that you own. And when you start to pay people for doing nothing, how is this all going to work? We are now seeing how at least one part of this is working uh, and not well. We have people that won't work because the government is paying them to stay at home. Uh, and we haven't even seen the effects of what that does psychologically to a society. Um, what we're seeing now is people can't get anybody to go in and work. And so places are closing down or or things are making you know, that kind of atmosphere makes the things we're all trying to buy even more precious and more expensive because there's nobody there to make them. You're, you're precise. This is the real problem. I mean, I would worry about this far more than I would about debt or debt service at present. Uh, when you tax people who work and you pay people who don't work, do not be surprised if a lot of people choose not to work. And every answer this administration does, and other administrations too, it's not just this one, governments in general love to pay people not to work because they think they get to get votes from. And that is exactly what we've gone through. This huge expenditures uh, on these uh, stimulus packages, they say, have all been directly aimed at creating a marketplace where people do not want to work and that goods become scarce and that those prices go up. But it's a disaster to both income earners and to people who don't work because once they're out of a job for a while, Glenn, uh, they learn that they, they lose the skills to do the jobs and then they become unemployable. And that's a terrible, terrible burden for our society to have to bear. So, Art, how I mean, there's there's obviously this is coming from the administration. We're, we're moving towards a Marxist kind of world. Um, what? How? What's it going to take to repair this damage? Politics. I mean, the only answer is people basically deserve the governments they get. 
Uh, and, you know, you elect the government and you deserve whatever you get in your place. And as long as we don't do the politics correctly, as long as we don't elect the right people, as long as we don't have the right laws put in place uh, and the right courts, uh, we're going to have this problem. And it, we've seen it happen many countries times before. I mean, it was Ibn Khaldun who said at the beginning of dynasties, tax rates are low and revenues are high. And at the end of dynasties and their collapse, tax rates are high and revenues are low. And this is a pattern that's been followed historically. And unfortunately, it looks like the U.S. is in that death spiral as well. We've got to change it and change it through politics. The the things that Donald Trump did, I am not for um, I, I'm not for tariffs at all. Um, however, however, his tariff and I told him personally, his tariff on China, I think, was absolutely right. They are an enemy of the United States, and we have given them way too much access and power and control over not only uh, our medicine and, and many of our goods, our chips, but also our land as well. How 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 does China see the United States right now? Well, you know, I was the first American to go to China in modern times. I went in 1970 with George Schultz and John Ehrlichman in Air Force Two when we had the first rapprochement. We did the pre-Kissinger trip. And, you know, China at that time was ripe for coming into the world community. And what we have to do, Glenn, is balance the good and the bad with China. Politically, you're totally correct. And there's no reason why we shouldn't use tariffs and quotas and other sorts of trade measures to bring uh, to bring recalcitrant nations back into line. But do remember for China, please, without China, there is no Walmart. And without Walmart, there is no middle class or lower class prosperity. China should be our best trading partner in the world. And we should have all the precautions set in place on trade to make sure that the critical materials uh, with regard to China aren't traded and thereby cost the U.S. politically and militarily. So how do we how do we balance the how do we balance? We've got only a minute. I don't know if you can even answer this. How do we balance the idea that uh, Nike and others are looking at that market, and so they'll just go with that market because they want that market more than this market. Uh, they like both, but they got to serve that master. How do, how do we stop that? Well, I don't think we have to worry about Nike selling shoes in China. I really don't. And I don't think we have a problem with Chinese producing shoes that are much more, much cheaper and much better quality than ours. I mean, we, had, we do some things far better than China, and they do some things far better than we do. We and they would be foolish in the extreme, Glenn, if we didn't sell them those products we make better than they do in exchange for those products they make better than we do, so long as those products don't harm us politically and militarily. Okay. Uh, more with Art Laffer, if you can stay, Art. I want to talk to you a little bit about your experience in foreign countries and what you have seen uh, from Marxist countries and, and how you've turned them around. More with Art Laffer in a minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Do you have any idea what it takes to make a great candy bar? That's what I say to my wife all the time. Woman, do you have any idea? She hits me. Well, because I, I don't. I don't have any idea. Uh, I'm assuming it takes a fair amount of witchcraft. Um, and and that, I think, is evidenced by Built Bar. I don't know how they make uh, a Built Bar that has like 120 calories, four grams of uh, uh, 
of carbs, uh, make it healthy for you, has all the healthy and then really taste good. Well, they say they do it because they start with it's got to taste good. Then we figure out how to make it good for you as well. It's real chocolate. It's fantastic. It's Built Bar. Check them out now. Built.com. That's Built.com. Use the promo code BECK15. Get 15% off your next order. You're going to love them. It's Built Bar. Built.com. Promo code BECK15. All right, it's blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. You can save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. We have more with Art Laffer coming up next. Art Laffer, not as funny as his name implies. However, uh, much happier than me when it comes to the economy. Art Laffer, uh... I think one of the best economists uh, in the world uh, in our lifetime. Welcome back to the uh, program, Art. Thank you, Glenn. I love being on the show with you, by the way. I missed you a lot. I know. I've missed you, too. Well, you're too happy, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've got six kids, 13 grandchildren, and four great-grandchildren. Can you believe that? Do you really? I do. I mean, how can you not be happy when you have that? I know. When you get the grandchildren, isn't it great? Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. You know why grandchildren and grandparents get along so well? Why? They have a common enemy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and great-grandchildren and must be great because you don't really, you're not really even expected to know, learn their names. You know what well, I mean? You no, know, you're not expected to ever see them. That's wonderful. Okay, so uh, um, Art, I want to just cover a few things quickly, but let sure. me sweep up on China. Uh, China is building things, making things with Uyghur slaves. Uh, we have, and I'm sure you're against doing business with that, right? Yeah, I don't like the the way they treat their citizens. No, I hate okay. It. Uh, and and what are the what are the ethics behind you know Facebook helping them round people up? You know, I don't like that either. I think Facebook shouldn't be messing with their politics. You know, I do think one thing, though, Glenn, is that the countries you trade with, countries you do business with, countries you make money with, are countries that you can persuade to change their policies, uh, not force them to, but you can persuade them to change their policies. And I always am in favor of more trade with a country rather than less, and especially when they don't see the world the same way I do. I'd much rather talk with them than I would fight with them. It's I would opinion. rather do that, but I'd rather not be complicit with them. And Agreed. I think that's... Yeah. But what's complicit? I mean... Well, IBM and the Holocaust. With, well, uh, no, those people are. Yeah. yeah. That, that, there you got it. I mean, yeah. th- th- there are explicit things in what you said just about Facebook and all that. But when you're looking at a country, you sit down and talk with them and all that sort of stuff and try to get them to see the errors of their ways rather than trying to hit them with a club. You know, whenever, whenever you fight with someone, you always lose. You, you may not lose as much as the guy you beat up, but you always lose. Yeah. It's far better to work with them and try to get to get China to see the error of their ways with regard to the Uyghurs and with regard to a lot else. Do remember that it wasn't long ago, Glenn. I mean, 1970, I made my first trip to China, uh, and that one before they opened up anything, they were much worse back then than they are now. I mean, they're far more free market capitalists than they were back then. They've got a long way to go. 
But goodness gracious, if we don't trade with them, if we don't do business with them, we'll never be able to interact with them and get them to change their ways. Are you, that's, that's my view. Are you concerned with the talk from the president and others, um, very much like the World Economic Forum, of this new stakeholder capitalism that uh, is going around and the, that China is the new model for capitalism? That's not capitalism that they're doing over there. It, no, it, it's not. But, you know, they weren't doing capitalism pre-1970 either. They were as bad as any country in the world with respect to the government. They were a hermit kingdom just like North Korea was back then. They've come a long way, but they have a long way to still go. I mean, we have got to get them back onto a democratic type of government where they don't pick on groups in their society. I mean, remember when they put the baby girls out in the riverbanks to oh, yeah. die? I mean, you know, all of that stopped. I mean, we've made great progress on lots of things with China. I just don't want to see us stop that progress. Okay. No, I, but I would not trade weapons with them, and I would not allow them to have those islands in the coast that they're building. And I would really resist their military expansion, and I would resist it by looking at the assets they have in this country to use those as leverage. Exactly right. Um, um, so the, the last question here is, where do you draw the line? Last question on China, at least. Where do yeah. you draw the line on um, what is, you know, of national importance, national uh, defense? You know, them having us not being able to create any of our own stuff uh, when it comes to medicine or making PPEs or is that national security? Where Where is that line on... I- I think the line comes with the government of the United States, not with the government of China. And if you had a low-rate, broad-based, flat tax with no exceptions, no exemptions, no deductions, no exclusions, period, sound money and free trade, we would have the table set for the U.S. to perform immensely well. And that's where I put it. The U.S. government messes around with our companies, our products, ourselves, within our own country. I know. And that's just awful. And to think that we can then trust them to do a good job internationally doing it, I don't think so. I would just like to see the government pull out of all of this production stuff, have a low-rate, broad-based flat tax, and just get the hell out of business and let us go and do our stuff. Um, are we approaching a John Galt? Uh, I, I am. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's... Well, you and I have always been approaching John Galt. Right. So what can I tell you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just... With everything that is coming, uh, you could see people who are just like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not playing your game. I'm not doing it. But there's well, no, just, no me, place to go. Let me optimism. Let me just do... The highest marginal income tax rate in 1945 was 94%. 90%. Yeah. Today, it's 37%. That's a big improvement. In 19, when Kennedy came into office, the corporate rate was 52%. It's now 21%. Uh, you look at how many states are right-to-work states versus in 1957 when there were only two. Now it's well over 50%. Uh, way 40, 40 states now have gotten rid of their state death tax. Uh, we have now have all sorts of competitive positions. In 1973, it cost you 30 cents to buy and sell a share of stock. Now it's zero. We have big control of airlines, of trucking. We've made a lot of progress in addition to a lot of backstepping, too. So this country is by no means a loser yet. 
We have to change it now politically, and it's very tough. But, you know, we've got to keep pressing for advances. Now, the president signed something the other day, executive order, that I was very involved with Trump on, on, on a medical price transparency. That's a game changer if it works. We can get to know what the prices are at hospitals, what the quality is of the procedures, and you can shop there just like you do a grocery store. Yeah, that, that would way. change our country dramatically. Mm-hmm. So. It's not all negative, Glenn. There are a lot of negative things I point to, and it gets me depressed. But I wake up then the next morning and think of all the blessings we've had in my 80-plus years on this earth. And it's amazing how far we've come. And we've got a long way to go. So tell me, because I just was in the, I was in a mall over the weekend or last few days. And uh, believe it or not, Art, they still exist. Uh, And uh, this woman from Poland approached me and she said, oh, my gosh, you're Glenn Beck. Thank you for speaking out. Nobody understands. Look at what's happening to the country. There's no place to run. Can you explain what it was like when you went to Argentina and it had just been ravaged? Well, there were two of them I did very closely in South America. One was Chile. The first one's Eduardo Fry had lost the presidency to, uh, to uh, uh, Salvador Allende. Allende had nationalized all the businesses within the first five weeks. And then Pinochet came in, and we reformed the whole country. And those reforms are still in place through left-wing governments, right-wing governments. They have not changed those. I was down there with Menem in Argentina, with my students, Rocky Fernandez and Pedro Poe and uh, Carlos Rodriguez and Domingo Cavallo. All that group there, we really reformed Argentina. It really came back strongly. And then, bang, it went to Lopez Murphy and all these guys brought in the communist governments again. And now they've lost it all again. So uh, I was hoping we would get Cuba. But unfortunately, my mentor, my hero, Jorge Mas Canosa, uh, died before Castro did. And we never got to change Cuba. But we, we did a lot with uh, Puerto Rico. I mean, I was down there with uh, uh, with, with uh, the governor there. I mean, it was just phenomenal the changes we made. They don't last forever, Glenn, but they do give you sunshine for a week or two. Yeah, and I, 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 I wanted you to speak because the 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 president said over the weekend, or the White House said over the weekend, that the people in Cuba are just protesting against uh, you know the COVID lockdown and the lack of of vaccines in cuba that's not what they're doing i mean that may be the straw that broke the camel's back but they were all shouting for freedom and liberty um that's what they were protesting they want a change and they want to be free um you've gone down tell me what what it's life is like at the end for the for the average person what is like life like um at at the at that bottom and then how fast can you turn it around well, let me just say that if you, you've seen the pictures on Cuba, the documentaries and all that stuff, and they're mixed intermingled with all sorts of things like cigar making or animal life or stuff, but you can see the streets and it's just terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, whenever you see a palm tree in an environment, subtract 10% from what you think you're seeing because palm trees make you think it's luxuriant. It's not. It's horrible. And mm-hmm. Cuba, if it were to be able to be changed, and I did the uh, revolutionary change there. Uh, which never was materialized. But we could put Cuba back on the earth on a rocket ship like you wouldn't believe in pro-democracy, uh, pro-prosperity. I mean, it is the one place. There's no capitalist, more capitalistic, Glenn, than a former communist. Yeah, I know. And I know. it's really true. And Cuba is just seething for the opportunity to break free and become a member of the world. Look at China's growth rates since 1970. 
They've been growing at an average annual rate, Glenn, of about 8% per annum. I mean, you know, they're still way behind us, but my God, they've provided so much for their citizens. The biggest reduction in poverty on earth has occurred in China because of their coming back out of, into the mainstream of the so world. So are they uh, an example of... Uh, fascism which is you know the corporate world and a government kind of merging and working together are, are they a fascistic country that has worked well it has worked so far in the economy i mean the government doesn't do much at the very local level in the economy they really keep their hands off that the tax rates are lower trade has been freer uh, they have sound money they outsource their money to alan greenspan at first now they have a great currency that works so they've done all of this stuff to create economic prosperity now they have to create political prosperity as well and that's a lot tougher but you know we did it in 1776 we just celebrated a few weeks ago and there's no reason why china cannot come around and see the light if luke the drifter can see the light so can china <laughs> art <laughs> laffer like reference by the way in frisco <laughs> you're running out of frisco texas you got to know where luke the drifter is uh art always great to talk to you thank you so much thanks for your positivity Glad i appreciate don't it don't make it so long don't make it so long till the next time you got it thanks art bye-bye don't you feel better after talking to him yeah, I just like him, too. I do, too. I just like I him. Too. He's optimistic. Yeah. And, you know, he, I mean, I don't think to... I think he's, you know, on the bridge of the Titanic going, no ice. What? <laughs> no ice. Enjoy yourself. I mean, <laughs> anyway, uh, relief factor. If you're listening to this program and you're not a person living with pain, I want you to imagine something for a minute in your mind's eye. Put on the darkest sunglasses you can imagine and then walk around in the world that way for a while all the color and the shapes are there but they're different it's dull and it's flat it's uninteresting and even sad at times that's a glimpse of what it's like living in constant pain all the time you walk around and you can't appreciate anything really because you're constantly pulled in to the pain well May I suggest Relief Factor. If you are one of those people pulled into the pain, come see the light with Relief Factor. It works for about 70% of the people. They say don't take it more than three weeks if it's not working because in three weeks you should know it's working or it's not going to work. So if it's, if it's showing any sign of anything, make sure you order more. Uh, but 70% of the people, they see a good turn they see coming out of the darkness and into the light 70 percent of the people go on to order more month after month why oh, because relief factor works if you are in pain just try it please 800-583-84 800-583-84 it's relieffactor.com 888-727-BECK this is the glenn beck program this is the Glenn Beck program. Uh, Art Laffer was uh, with us. If you missed it, make sure you check him out on the podcast. He's always great. Uh, very optimistic. Uh, I think delusional, uh, you know, in some things. <laughs> in the very nicest way possible. Uh, in the nicest way possible. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's an expert, but I'm a doctor and a colonel. Right. <laughs> and a priest and a rabbi. I mean, not a rabbi, a reverend. So mm. I'm all of those things. All those things. I'm all of those things. So... You know, you can listen hard if you want. He the one because th- I I agree with a lot of the stuff that he was talking about, and I I think one of the things I would wonder if there's a difference on now 
is I think the new regime in China is actually considerably different than you know their their new Coke Coke classic. I agree with Ardon. Like you know the the way China was running itself. New Coke though with President Xi as opposed to you know who or well, whoever else. You, who you would have to <laughs> take into consideration what they did uh, with Tiananmen Square. I mean, I think that they were very strategic. The Chinese are very strategic and they have a long term plan. And they saw that they were getting their lunch eaten and they needed some sort of capitalism. And they played the game uh, for a long time. Now, uh, if people got out of hand, they were going to take care of it. And they did. And then they went back to putting on their happy face. Yeah, I could go either way on the reasoning behind it, the motivation, whether they were just there certainly were always people who were waiting and biding their time. Um, it could be that they really were open for a while and have changed with new leadership. Yeah, I mean, that's, could that's be. common. I mean, um, when you have when you have people that are running companies that just suddenly disappear yeah, and they're well known around the world. This wasn't. Yeah, this was new. This is yeah. a new thing over the past few years. Right. Not entirely new. But it is happening a lot more uh, yeah. regularly. The Uyghur thing is was a lot more like back in the day. A lot of this stuff happened all the time, and there was a period where this didn't occur as much. And when the the world welcomed China more openly, and now they seem like they're going back into these these same darker darker paths that they did it's, earlier. It's weird because these companies are so um, diametrically opposed to themselves, like Facebook. It's acting like a libertarian company that, you know, I don't care. I'll do business with anybody and, you know, whatever. Uh, But they have no morals and they're not libertarian because they're doing it here as well. They are. It's this weird thing. They want to be free to do what they want, but they will allow control through them with any government. Mm. You know, it's really a weird it's it's libertarianism without any kind of common sense judgment or decency really go do business with china unless they're enslaving the people or you're helping them enslave them